Welcome to the name of our show. Uh, another episode <laughs> Fucking of, podcast. of the ATO show. Uh, I'm Matt Ignall here along with uh, Sam Sheehan and Lucky's Pipe. We're going to have the Riffs Man on later on in this show, uh, but we're springing it on him now. Uh, it's another edition of Weird Celtics Tinder. Our contestant today, uh, you'll love him, ladies. He has an athletic body of work. Uh, you can find him at uh, the Garden, uh, the State House, or in faraway places uh, like a noodle house in Shibuya, yakking it up with uh, celebrities. He's both a man of culture as well as a real uh, rough and tumble sports guy. And while he may have your dream job, uh, he's in desperately search of free agent love. Uh, welcome to Weird Celtics Tender, Jared Weiss. All I want is love, guys. It's what I'm here for. It's why I podcast. Wait, does this mean that I get to be on with the Riffs Man, or did you deprive me of the greatness that is being on the podcast with the Riffs Man? The Riffs Man is coming on <laughs> Thursday. If you want to join us on oh. Thursday, you can. Uh, this oh, is Eric Friday. I would, I, would, I, would, I would not have scheduled anything for Thursday had I known. Unfortunately, I cannot get out of my plans for Thursday. But I will be thinking of the Riffs Man the entire time. <laughs> That's the end of my shitty joke. Please continue. I'm just sipping the tea. <laughs> Who we got first? This um, Louisville native was a viral sensation at the tender age of 15. But now, at age 23, he's ready to provide tender sensations with viral repercussions to whomever's <laughs> willing to pony up a max deal. Okay, so while giving him every last drop of cap space might be a little bit of a stretch, though. You'll love this sweet shooting, slow-footed tattletale until his D stops loading and goes limp in the playoffs. He's been linked to formal Hollywood bow despite punishing criticism he once endured, and while leadership might not necessarily be his strongest BDM suit, this former <laughs> Buckeye will savagely follow... <laughs> <laughs> he will sl- slavishly follow follow you. But who really faces bondage with that contract? Yes, yes. D'Angelo might be more interested in being more than a role player, but are you willing to dress up like Harry Potter and catch this snitch? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about D'Angelo Russell on the Celtics, Jared? You know what's really funny about that is I can't reveal the whole story, but the um, the whole Snapchat story with Nick Young, what's out there publicly, publicly is not actually what really went down. Um, so he is actually not the snit, not quite the snitch that everybody thinks he is. Oh, Whoa, snap. a s- second snitcher. He's more of a quaffle, I would say. There was a, there was a second snitcher snitch on, on the hill. Yeah, the grassy knoll. <laughs> there was. Jared, it no was, one listens to this podcast. And somebody you know, asked you, you, so, you could share. Yeah. It was, it was Larry Nance Jr. Jr. was on the grassy knoll with the, the tick-tock of the, yeah, of the whole thing happening. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the question? Is uh, D'Angelo Russell worth signing? Yes. So you would max him at his full, uh, I guess, the, the zero to six? I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, he's... Yes, like the at the zero to seven year level max at twenty five percent max, I think he's actually getting paid pretty much, you know, a little bit below market value probably for what you would want for an all star scoring guard. So I think it's kind of a no brainer considering his age. He's the he's the top target uh, on my list for that cap space, even more than Kemba Walker. Even though Kemba Walker obviously is better at this point, it's like Kemba 
Kemba's like the perfect guy for this team. It's just that D'Angelo is six years younger than him. So mm-hmm. even though Kemba is absolutely the best player that you could possibly get into that max slot that isn't Kawhi Leonard, I guess, um, you have to you have to prioritize getting somebody six years younger who fits your timeline with your other stuff. How likely is it, do you think, to happen? D'Angelo. I think it's fairly possible because the Lakers are desperately trying to open up enough space to compete with the offer the Celtics can make. And they're, um, what are they, $4 million short or maybe even $5 million short of his max slot? I could be a little bit off on that one. It's really hard to tell how much room the Lakers actually have at this, yeah. at this point. And stuff is going to happen that's going to change that one. One way or another, they're going to make whatever sacrifices they can to try to cl- open up as much space as they can. But like the Celtics have that advantage. Not to mention... Um, I mean, if they were so, I assume they're going to renounce Rogier if they sign D'Angelo. They would probably open up enough cap space that they could still sign like another decent player on top of the room exception that they would have. So this by signing D'Angelo instead of Kemba Walker, it would allow them to also add more depth as well. So I feel like it's kind of a win-win from that regard. Are, are you concerned at all with like um, maybe putting yes. one young like player in there like with? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who have ostensibly now like been handed like kind of the keys to the team, because I know there was like kind of some reports that like he and Karis, it was like a little tense with like whose team it really was, and you know he comes over to this team with guys that are going to be, while he might have more reputation, guys who I think are going to be more established the Celtics, you know, players and infrastructure like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Do you think that that like does that give you any pause? kind of putting that many young guys who have chops together. Yeah, I definitely see your point. And I'm yeah. trying to think of a team that recently had trouble with young, successful wings meshing with a point guard. Um, if you can think of any, you know, let me know. Unfortunately, I have no idea. <laughs> I gave myself brain damage, like the Eternal Sunshine in the Spotless Mind, so I actually can't remember anything. Well, it looks I... like you're drinking a jar, mason jar full of urine right now, so I don't know if our <laughs> listeners can see that, but uh, I assume that's just no. going to be brain damage. But, um, you <laughs> know, no, it, it fits with the, the headgear he's got on, the gaming gear. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sipping the tea, guys. This is how online I am. I mean, um, for... For people that I assume the viewers, I assume there's no video of this releasing. So just so people understand, I hope there's not because I am wearing a sleepless deer right now and it looks very stupid. Uh, we, right now we got Sam Sheehan here with the full-on Gordon Hayward edition League of Legends headgear, which I have no idea if it's actually the Gordon. Is it even the same brand? Probably not. No, but this is uh, twelve dollars. Rainbow Lighting. Prime deal. We got. We got some. We have some Old Spice deodorant on the uh, on the dresser, which lets you know that he does, in fact, live in New York. And it's right next to the Lysol, so I assume you, instead of cologne, you just um, use Lysol. That, it's actually Febreze, which oh, is somehow geez. even worse. This is the uh, full dirtbag uh, dirt leftist uh, assortment of things. We've also got uh, a Nintendo Switch in front of uh, uh, a whole bunch of coffee cups. So oh, you can I'm play some music with so. Grant Williams, then. I don't want to turn on our female listeners all um, <laughs> too much, but uh, you know. So maybe sh- should we should we go to our, our next contestant then? J- Jared, it's interesting that you brought up Kemba Walker because you may have caught up with this former amateur star in Tokyo. But do you think that perhaps some of the signals he was sending were getting lost in translation? W- uh, once assumed to re-sign with the only city he's ever known. Rumors are now circulating that he has some stealthy suitors. Formerly Husky... Oh, fuck. 
He's since perfected his game over the years, and you'll be hard-pressed to resist his natural charm, replete with professional dance moves. However, don't try and mirror this guy's step back, McGee. <laughs> fucking goddamn. <laughs> he, fucking. He might just break your ankles. So, will you be willing to swipe right on Kemba Walker, or will you do nothing like Bill Murray in that movie that I just referenced? Of course, Groundhog. Groundhog Day? Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm swiping so, I'm so right. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I. Kemba's the perfect signing for any NBA team. He is he's a deadly scorer. He's a tremendous leader. Um, he tries hard. I mean, his effort level is really high. How are his table uh, manners? Uh, good, good. He, um, you know, one of the things that he did, this is a real inside basketball scoop here, is he came in wearing shades, and a lot of players wear shades. Ooh. Most of them genu- generally don't really take them off when they sit down with you. He very nicely took them off, folded them, and put them off to the side exactly at exactly the same time that I did that. So he's the kind of guy that looks at the other person to see what their etiquette that they're establishing is and tends to mirror that, which is a sign of an empathetic and responsible and compassionate leader. Connecticut values. That's right there. Connecticut mm-hmm. values. Well, New York. He's from New York, so Bronx values. Uh, yeah, but he's, but, but he's... split the difference. <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> Um, go read Jared's article on the Athletic, although you probably have already. You should listen to blah, this. Blah, blah. All right, uh, our um, next. Well, well, real quick, I, mean, I just want to get Jared. I just want to get Jared's one more. Thing. Jared, do you think I, I know you clearly like? Um, uh, it seems like the Celtics are trying to sort of uh, focus on high, um, high character guys, you know. And you clearly, you know, from that story you just told, it really Kemba is one of those guys. Do you think that um, maybe that? the Celtics might be sort of limiting themselves a little bit here by, by maxing out Kemba because he might not have, you know, the same kind of developmental potential of D'Angelo Russell while also being, you know, kind of the same level of player. Um, and, you know, as a short point guard that relies on athleticism might actually, you know, be kind of dangerous to drop off the other way. Like with this, with this kind of, and you know, the upside also, it's not, not like you'd necessarily put yourself um, as a champion, um, you know, as a championship contender right away. Do you think that the Celtics are going to look to continue for, like, sort of a championship? Like, would they bring in Kemba Walker if they think that they can't win the championship in the next, like, three or four years? Yeah, but that's a good point. And, you know, you don't want Kemba wasting, uh, you know, the chance to go play on a contender if he's going to go to a team that probably just won't quite get there. Um mm-hmm. You know, I think because they can only give him a four-year deal, I think Kemba probably will be pretty much at this level through the remainder of that deal. Um, you know, a big thing that, that he mentioned to me that I think might have been in the story was that he had had, like, multiple knee procedures over the previous few off-seasons until he finally had a healthy off-season leading into last year, and that's why that was a huge part of why he had such a great year. So if he continues to stay healthy and and he didn't he didn't have any issues or procedures this off-season as well, he's still healthy. So if that remains the case for him, I think we can expect him to perform at, like, a 25-point-a-night score level and D'Angelo isn't quite at that level I think there's definitely um, there's a you know Kemba's got headway over him but if D'Angelo continues on this track he's probably going to catch up to him and hell maybe he can even keep going further although I probably wouldn't expect that I think D'Angelo we've never seen a ceiling of his to be like first team all NBA quite you know and Kemba's at that 
I forget, did he make second or third team this year? He made third team, right? Third so, team, yeah. You know, he's on that board. He was on that border of second and third team this year. So I don't see D'Angelo crossing into the MVP threshold quite. Um, so I guess he's probably going to max out around where Kemba is. So by making that decision to go with D'Angelo, you're either betting that he can go even higher or just that you're going to be able to get two contracts worth of this level of performance, which I guess if they still are of the belief that Tatum and Brown project to be all-stars as well, which they should be, then, I mean, that, that age gap is why I have him as my you know top priority guy for the Celtics. Hey, sports get sports get here. Uh, you know, Jared, have you ever thought about uh, if you looked at the histories of the basketball, like in the book that I wrote about basketball? You know, yeah, yeah, what's the best what's the best point guard that's ever actually uh, even won a championship? Is that it, why would maxing out a point guard even you know be really something you would want to do? Because like point guards are just bad, and it's it's the deepest per- position in the league. So I mean. We've um, thanks, Bill. Good question. Um, you know, we we've had five straight years of a point guard being one of the two best players on the team that won a title. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Golden State, you know, Cleveland, and then Toronto. With you know, Lowry was the, clearly the second best player on the team. So, uh, well, I'm sorry, Fred was the best player on the team. But so, as you say, Fred. And so, uh, Fred Van Yeet. <laughs> it's 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 so apparent that having someone that's a deep threat shooter and a pick and roll playmaker are is like the most important thing that you can have on a championship team. Next to, I guess, a wing that can just do it all scoring wise and be impactful on the perimeter and the interior defensively. So I guess those are I think you know dynamic wing is the number one thing that teams are going for, and then playmaking point guard that can shoot is the number two thing that teams are going for and that's what's so amazing about this year's free agency class is you've got so many of those guys it's kind of insane it's why this is like one of the biggest free agency markets ever or at least in modern or you know recent history i guess well let's get to our next free agent here uh this independent spirit only completed one year of college and his woke consciousness fully reflects that and yeah, he may have taken the cash out of your wallet and has the keys to the fucking van, but he's on a journey, okay? And while some suggest this journey is just him ghosting, these apparitions might be a result of ingesting the psychedelics he just slipped to you. Yes, there is a specter haunting the Celtics, the specter of Kyrieisms. Jared, you've worked at the State House. What does the word government mean to you? Will you have Flat Earth back? Uh, government to me is a system of oppression designed to prevent us from achieving our highest goals and much like the 1819 Celtics Kyrie Irving was stuck in a system of oppression that prevented him from achieving his highest goals and I and I guess that's why he wants to leave because he feels like he feels like he's taking crazy pills when he's here and maybe he is taking crazy pills and that's the problem but I don't I mean this situation is so broken I um I, I think everybody is uh, all the vibes that I've been getting from around the team is everyone's kind of relieved that this is happening. Um, they're obviously I think it's devastating in that it prevents them from reaching the highest point of this dynasty plan that they had. They need to have both a star point guard and Al Horford or another All Star caliber big to pull off. And you know the huge sacrifice here is not losing Kyrie because they clearly can replace him with comparable talent in Kemba or um or D'Angelo Russell, and after what just happened last season, even if Kyrie's better, I'd rather have either of those guys than Kyrie Irving. So I think it's kind of a no-brainer with the way that the leadership aspect went. So the, you know, the real sacrifice is losing Al Horford. But um, I think they would rather try to run it back with, the t- with all that talent because the potential is just so unbelievably high. But 
if they can just move on from everybody and kind of reset and just get another you know top tier talent in, I think that might be the best move, and maybe that's how they end up getting to the actually getting to the finals at the end of the day. All right, I'll take a. The next contestant, this skilled big man, has a magic touch with either hand. Yeah, he doesn't have a reputation as a sterling defender. Kind of sucks at that. But don't worry, <laughs> it's all Bucci. Oh yeah, trust me, this magic only starts when this USC former player takes off his uniform. Will you have a Trojan with Nikolas Vucevic? <laughs> Powder, powder blue chew right there. I gotta say, that's the, I've never heard Nick Vucevic sound so sexy before in my entire <laughs> life. Um, I, I, I'm really struggling to figure out what the value of Vucevic is. Um, I, I just, I feel like he's getting overpaid a little bit. You look at the numbers, the numbers are actually not too far from what Al Horford provides, uh, or provided last year. I mean, obviously, like, the actual points per game and rebounds is way higher, but... The shooting splits, um, assists per game, uh, I think his assist rate was actually kind of similar. So he maybe he can replace a lot of what Horford can do. I think the big difference is Horford is significantly better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And Horford's defense is elite. And Vucevic actually made some strides as a defender last year, but I just still don't think he's good enough for them to have like, have a, a really effective defense with him at the five compared to what Horford was giving them. So if, if they commit to him to a four-year deal, I'm not really sure how they end up getting to being a serious contender unless like Tatum and Brown take a huge leap and Rozier resigns and it turns out it works out really well with Rozier this time around which people I mean every I feel like at least everybody on Twitter maybe just our friends in the Celtics blog diaspora who all seem to hate Terry Rozier they're making everybody feel like Terry Rozier has to go and that he's the worst player of all time but like when Terry Rozier is starting he tends to be pretty good and he's a two-way player there's not a lot of point guards that are effective defenders out there so is he though Terry Rozier got a bad rap on defense because LeBron was was uh, posting him up like crazy in the conference finals. But like, no, I that's saw a... Kyrie like saving his ass on switches because he was just like, I don't feel like switching on this guy because that would mean I'd have to run toward the hoop. And, uh, and I'm like, why been... is Kyrie showing you up? There have been times where Terry Rozier does not seem to want to play defense because he's had some bad days in the last year. But as far as staying in front of point guards, as far as chasing off-ball guards over screens and being able to stick with them, um, getting hands in there and you know getting deflections, he's he's like border. He's like third tier. Uh, if there was like a fourth team all defense, he would be contender for it. Not it would wouldn't quite be third team, but like four, he can guard the one and the two pretty well. He I can. I know Matt just told us to move this along, but I think this is kind of a good place to kind of touch on this real quick. Because this sort of strikes me, both these guys, Terry Rozier and Vucevic, is a good place to kind of bring up. Do you think that there's any chance of them getting a deal on, like, any of these free agent guys? Like, for example, do you think the Celtics would need to max Vucevic to have have a chance of signing him? Like, do you think that – because for me, he's, like, right on that line. I don't really know what he's going to get, especially where the NBA seems to have kind of – moved away from all but the very best big men like is there any chance you could get you know maybe Vooch for something more like 20 million or a little more versus like a full max that he would command and you know sort of a similar thing for terry rosier where he might actually get less money than it was sort of whispered about yeah you're totally right because there's so many free agents out there um a lot of teams are going to commit huge amount like commit most of their cap space to these uh to guys really quickly 
And then you could have some guys that kind of uh, dangle out there, especially the restricted free agents like Rogier. And you know, Rogier could be in for a you know, a really long wait in free agency. This could be really rough for him because he really badly wants to hold out to get the big contracts and pass get something bigger than what the Celtics offered him before the season, which was twelve million a year. So this could get really ugly for him, and maybe he ends up having to um, having to take whatever the Celtics are offering, which I assume would be somewhere around ten or so, maybe more if they can get the deal done. But Vucevic is. I think it would be more than 20. I think it would be closer to 25. But you could get a little bit of a discount on him if, like, the Knicks aren't offering him anything and, a, you know, the Kings aren't going to offer a max slot. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that probably aren't going to make him a huge offer. And the Celtics might be able to go a little bit over 20 and, and be the highest bidder. So it's, it's a very good point. Who we got next? Scurrilous rumors of penis cancer from this former, 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 boom, are irresponsible and unfounded. Although at the ATO show, we are deeply concerned about Enos Cancer's association with terror groups. We are fully cooperating with AKP authorities at this time. Um, Shout out and glory to Gulan. By the way, Jared, have you ever been to a Turkish prison? Yes, that is an airplane reference, but sadly... Um, can't play canter, can't fly to London for basketball sports games. Yikes. <laughs> Did somebody say groundbound? <laughs> God, God, God damn it. <laughs> he, he may have been a third Goodbye. pick in the past, but he could be a, the Celtics' third choice? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nice question. <laughs> we got a quick one. All right, next up. Uh, I, I really don't want Erdogan to send a cyber at me. So I'm <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we 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 are not we are not the, with the cleric. I'm sorry. The, the, um, I think the real answer to that question is that there's just a lot of other bigs out there um, that aren't going to be looking for a payday. Like I think he probably will be, and aren't aren't like disruptive, you know, potentially disruptive personalities in the locker room. I think they don't want that. I think they want a veteran leader that values you. You know, kind of more like a Baines type of leader than a Cantor type. The degrees of separation between Vucevic, Cantor, and Jaleel Okafor is very not that much. So any any idea of giving any of them max, max amount of contracts is just crazy to me. So I'm just generally out. Rocky just wants to rip off heads at this point. <laughs> like, we can't, we can't win the title. We might as well deliver some pain. All right, next up. This paladin from the Order of the Gorgeous Eyes apparently has a big offer coming his way. And while you might not be able to size up with the big D, he is known to also have a passion for the seas. Then why won't Averagile take us back, Jared? Why? Because apparently the Celtics weren't going to offer him four years 100 plus, I guess. I mean, I know Jackie Mack uh, came out and said that she thinks her offer was pretty competitive, but not just not nearly enough. Um I guess if anyone's going to know what their offer what their offer was or is going to be, I guess it would be her. I have no idea, but um, I, I'm guessing it probably maybe it was four years, and it probably just probably can get a lot more money from another team that's pretty competitive, or at the Jared, very least, the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I was going to say, Jared, I can never remember this. Like, obviously, we hear all the time, like with like you know the NBA tampering and like you know deals getting done at twelve oh one on like you know all, all that stuff you're kind of close to the Celtics is, is anyone like mad about like tampering or anything like that like within the team because this seems like pretty ridiculous kind of compared to what we've seen in the past as far as it just being general uh, I don't know so I, I 
I don't want to say too much on this because I'm going to yeah. probably have a story about this coming. Okay. Don't spoil the story. Probably later next month. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't, I mean, it's not really spoiling anything. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Celtics, I don't think, are necessarily mad about that happening so much as that they just want the league to flip around free agency in the draft because yeah. it, it makes way more sense to have free agency come first because the draft needs to be very much dependent upon what you're doing in free agency and not vice versa. Right. And teams are already tamp- teams are tampering in like May, basically. So right. they're trying to settle this stuff up. Now, I think the Dallas thing, you know, like, okay, everyone assumes that this four years, 112 million is probably coming from Dallas, could be coming from the Clippers, who knows. But, like, they're probably they're probably giving it to some reporter to put it out there so that either they can, the Horford's camp can know that way that this is the offer that's waiting for them so they can try to force Horford's camp to say it looks like we're going to get this bigger offer so we're going to take it or they really are just tampering in indirect communication with the agent and like the tampering rules are kind of ridiculous because it's like if you're calling his his agent's name is jason glushin and he has his glushin glushan i actually have never heard it said out loud but i've only (laughs) called jason and so um, i think it's i think it's glushin and so like he has other clients you can contact him about other clients i don't remember if he has any mavs clients or clippers clients but like you call him about one client that you're allowed to talk about or who's on your team and then because the call's not recorded you can say okay now i'm gonna pay al horford 112 million when he leaves the celtics it's like what what the hell is there to stop them there's nothing to stop them um it's funny uh, a friend of mine asked me a little while ago aren't all calls recorded in the nba because I think he thought that the um, that what came out of the tampering investigation with the Lakers about Paul George was that they list that they listened to transcripts of the calls that showed them talking about stuff. And I, I'd explain like, no, that's they don't even have that. So for you to get caught tampering, you have to really, really, really fuck up. You have to send a te- <laughs> you have to put in a text message. You have to I, mean, I don't know put it on your on your Facebook wall or in your grinder profile. Like you have to really <laughs> fuck up. In order to get caught for tampering, it's so hard to no, get caught. The, the NBA doesn't care about tampering because you could just say anything about the Lakers, or you can just look at if they cared about tampering, you would make it like come off the the cap. Imagine if tampering the fine came off the cap. Oh wow! Then they would actually have to care about tampering because yeah. like you're losing the amount of like you you could lose a max player because you got tampered once. Like, but they don't. It's it's just stupid. I, I, I was I was really shocked that the Lakers did not get uh, did not lose a first round pick for the Paul George tampering thing. I thought that was I thought that was how the league was going to do it. But when the league gave the small fine, then like it opened the floodgates, and I think that's why you're seeing all these deals getting set up or done early on because yeah. the players are talking to each other early on and saying like let they're, like they're doing recruiting early. Like the reason why the Kyrie thing came out. I can't remember if this was said publicly or if it was something I heard, but like the reason why it came out is because um, he he started recruiting other Nets players, and then so people heard about that, and so they get okay, I guess Kyrie is going to the Nets now. Now Kyrie could be recruiting uh, and not Nets players, recruiting players on Nets. He could be doing that, but he, he could actually just be telling them like, hey, what do you think about us going to the Nets? Not I'm going to the Nets. Now come join me. That's why all these reports are so tricky. And why something could be reported that seems to be true or maybe is half true, but then doesn't come to fruition in the end. Sure. Yeah. I don't. So I don't want. He's going to the Nets. So. Yeah. I, I. I'm like. But for the record, I'm not like complaining that much about like the tampering. It just. It seems like it's getting more and more concrete. Like this Horford thing is like even a step above like some of the stuff we've seen before, where it's like 
the, the, the numbers and probably the team are leaked before even anybody gets to it. So it just, it seems like the league is sort of heading towards that worth earlier something this stuff getting figured out earlier because right now it's ridiculous um anyway magic johnson uh, decided he didn't want to be a gm because he didn't want to have to read strongly worded emails saying he can't set up fucking uh (laughs) political packs in favor of people that are 16 years old and don't have actual representation he had the tweet so (laughs) it really it really is like one of the saddest things i've ever seen in the nba it was so awesome it happening to the lakers is pretty awesome i I, i'm going the other way it's cool he's a poster he ruined um the franchise (laughs) no he left them left them behind a guy that was just like i will just do the deal and uh we'll definitely have three or four max players, even if we do this trade. It's great. Look at Eric so, yeah. Pincus. Hell yeah, Eric Max. Pincus covers that team. You can just ask him. He's like <laughs> the cap guy. Eric Pincus would email you. I cannot believe they fucked that up with you with like our guys there. <laughs> like 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 Eric Pincus is right there and would have fixed that for you. Just What's so crazy him. about that Laker situation? So one, I would have no problem with Magic wanting to resign. The way that he did it, the way he screwed over Genie, makes me. Not mad at him is a wrong word, but like lose so much respect for him because what he did was not, it wasn't just that it was like a rash decision. It was that he did it the exact wrong way and he hurt someone who's supposed to be like his best friend. Um, yeah. And then as far as the Polinka thing, I have been like talking really confidently at the Celtics were in pole position to, to pull off the trade because I didn't think the Lakers would be that fucking insane to pull that to pull a redux of the uh, of the Nets Celtics trade. Yeah, but they did the exact yeah. same thing it and. They, yeah. The likelihood imagine, that it works out for them if, is way better, obviously. But it's still insane that they did that. It's it, like no, the no. Celtics have when the details leaked, I felt I did not feel bad at all. I was like, all right, I mean look, if the Lakers were gonna do that, we were never really in this thing. Yeah. Like, yeah like, absolutely. No no matter what, like we'd have to do something just as insane to like even chart and I don't want any part of that, Dewey Cox. Imagine if Billy King was addicted to whippets. <laughs> that is how you get to the Lakers track. Despite being a little slow, this giant poindexter is, in fact, a Stanford alum. And you know what? We just might be able to pry him from the freak, given he's not as adventurous in the bedroom as his brother. Did somebody say, Twinch? I love quarterbacks eating... Oh, sorry. Yes, you can catch the Lopez boys at Comic-Con or Disney World. But can you introduce them to a woman's touch? Sam, can you do the next one? Because I think they're a package deal. I think it's a it's a two for one. With oh, the, okay. Yeah, with Mel. All right, then this one. This Cavalier Playboy is highly decorated and highly available. He Van Wildered his way through college. By the way, are you into matures, Jer? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sources say that he's due for a massive raise. Give him a call. His number is 50, 40, 90. Uh, not enough digits. Is there room for two at the presidential suite? Yeah, um, uh, I like it. I, I think Malcolm Brogdon, it's not like 2016 level overpay, but he's definitely going to get overpaid, I believe. Um, he's already 26, right? Yeah. So he's like. He's like taking a golf cart in his bathrobe around campus at this point, and Shut up, um, yeah, and <laughs> best movie of all time. And so, 
Actually, I haven't seen it since 14. I'm sure it sucks now. But so uh, he, <laughs> he's had the freaking poster on my wall, too. Um, just, just so people understand who I am, I had a Wedding Crashers and a Van Wilder and a Bad Boys 2 poster in my wall. And I think the Bad Boys 2's poster was in Spanish. In so you were the so quintessential Lakers fan. Yeah. Is that yeah. you, know, you went to college is what happened. You were just missing the Scarface poster for the, the, the full trifecta. Never had a Scarface poster. But the point that I'm making here is that Malcolm Brogdon is a very valuable off-ball guard or point guard in a system in which there are already two playmakers. You have, it's a lot to bet on Gordon Hayward to be that primary playmaker for the team. But he is technically designed to do it. And I think Lucky is having a seizure over there. And then um, I don't see the other playmaker at this point. So if Crockton is her secondary playmaker, it's going to be a little tough to have an offense that can really go. Because, like, Milwaukee, it was Giannis, who is just a super playmaker, and then Eric Bledsoe, and then Brogdon. And so they had the perfect balance there, and that's why they were the best team in the league for so long. So it's really hard to pull that off. Um, I love, I mean, I loved what Lopez did last year and like, don't forget, I mean, Lopez was just like a deadly spot, a three point shooter, a really good defender. I think uh, Kevin Pelton voted for him to make second team all defense. I actually love that. Uh, I thought he was great. And the one reason why I didn't have a horrible time dealing with Giannis not winning DPOY is that I thought Lopez actually deserved a ton of credit for it. Um, but so for, for their defense. So yeah, Lopez is a great, if, if you can get him at a value play, then go for it. But like, I just, I think that he's either going to stay there or he's going to go somewhere where he can get a lot of money. But like the important thing to remember is that he's a deadly, like he only, they only wanted him to be a knockdown shooter, but he's also been a great post scorer his entire career. And I'm pretty, I mean, I literally haven't seen him try to score in the post and like, <laughs> I feel like in a year and a half now, but like he should still be able to score in the post at will. So he could probably still drop 20 points a game easily at this point. Good. Why don't we give him a choice between Terry, Isaiah, or Julius Randle? Who do you want to be your next contestant? Uh, Terry. All right. Uh, this confident bad boy insists his subpar performance was due to outside forces, and he swears that'll give him that you'll give him another chance. Your needs at point guard will be completely satisfied. Danny will never trade him, but will you give up everything for a chance? What the fuck? What is that? Will you give it all up for a chance at the cook life? <laughs> all right. will, you give, will you give it up all for a chance at the cook life? Uh, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you think think about it this way, you know, Terry Rogier's contributions are not just on the court, but think about how much Little Busters will be running rampant in Boston, Massachusetts, if he's not there to tell them to shut up. That's I mean, true. The impact, the we impact need someone to made, check, Little Busters. I mean, the impact that he has had <laughs> on society has been tremendous. And um, te- how much is Jack paying you, Jared? How much is Jack? <laughs> Jack underscore Michael. How much in dark money are you getting? He's actually from he's the Jack making Michael a donation to BU Law in my name. That's what. He's oh, doing. good lord! If you're wearing fucking Pumas right now, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually currently in my underwear barefoot. But I, I can see a pair of Pumas from my desk right now. Um, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> so, so you would, so, so you wouldn't say the best asset or uh, reason to get Kemba Walker is it would force Danny Age to trade Rozier. You're not in that camp. <laughs> well, I don't think he would trade him. He would just he would renounce him. or like sign um, trade him, renounce. Him. I, I just, I, I think that people, uh, their bias in with Rozier is very deep seated, and they can't 
They can't shake it. And I'm also, as I said before, I'm way higher on his de- on his defensive performance. Uh, he's uh, he is. It's so weird that Rogier has been playing his whole career in Boston, and yet it is like one of the hardest point guards to predict on whether or not they're worth it on the market. It's insane. And so, um, but the upside that he has is for the money is probably better than just about anyone else out there, except for I guess D'Angelo. Um, D'Angelo still has a long ways to go to become who we can become. But like Rogier has shown enough for me to believe in him being a starter. He can really take it to he can take it to that next level. Um, he just like isn't really a good passer and his shot was really cold last year because of the role he was in. I think if you put him back in the starting lineup, I think he'll get back to being like a he could probably get to being like a 37% shooter with with the degree of difficulty of the shots that he takes and his, and the amount that he sh- shoots it, I think would be that would be really effective. I think most of the star, you know, deep shooters tend to shoot around 37%. Um, shit, I think Durant shot like 35 36% last year from deep. So, you know, that that would be really good if they can get that out of him. Um, so you're so saying Terry Rozier is Kevin Durant. Well, this is no, what I don't, will happen. I don't think Kevin Durant's that good. Uh, <laughs> Terry Rozier is, is, is current day Kevin Durant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out former future all-star um, Terry Rozier. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can't forget, like, they have Marcus Smart. They can just right. start Marcus Smart. Like, Marcus Smart's really freaking good. Today, Earlier today, I don't know when you guys are releasing this, but it's mm-hmm. pretend it happened today, people. Uh, Smart said that there's a lot of things in this game that he needs to do differently this upcoming year that he's going to work on. And he's... You know, generally grown in most areas of his game. I think the big area that he needs to establish this year, after establishing that he can have a bit of a pull-up three-point shooting game, is he's got to get his floater game down and just show that he can elevate in the paint and actually score. If, if Marcus Smart can score in the paint, then he's an all-star level. Or if he can score in the paint decently and shoot like 37% from deep, then he's like an all-star caliber player because he's a good pick-and-roll playmaker. He's a good passer, and he's one of the you know, best defenders in the game. So he can become an all-star if he makes that progress. But I mean, at this point of his career, we're not expecting him to make enough progress to get to that level, but he could still be a really good point guard and they don't have to pay for anybody else at that position. And they, they can invest in the, as a, in a big. Yeah. And we already covered that the Kyle Lar- Kyle Lowry was the second best player on a championship team who also just like decides to not shoot and make baskets for entire games. So, I mean, I think smart would be a pretty decent comparison to Kyle Lowry. So, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, got to rediscover the art, the art of grifting. I mean, the yeah. Lowry, Lowry is almost always at a different level than where smart is offensively. And also uh, while Lowry was Not probably even. the second best player on that team, well, actually, I guess Siakam really was, but the point I'm going to make is that like there's Kawhi at his level. And then they have like six guys that are pretty much all on the same level. That's why they were so good. Like all those guys are really, commensurate with the second best player right and i mean to, to, to lucky's point you know um kyle lowry also though did take a you know he did he took a very roundabout way to get to his success in the nba um took him quite a few years to get and really put it together at like a all-star level it wasn't until like late in his rockets career that he was and learned how to shoot more importantly yeah um and also just re- real quick w- one other thing about terry rosier that might you know kind of keep him in green celtics fans might not understand um only a nine million dollar cap hold um if you're Terry Rozier, you're certainly expecting him to get more than that. Um, Celtics will be able to match um, any you know deal he gets. So Celtics don't really need to go out and offer Terry Rozier or anything. They can kind of wait for the offer to come, see what Terry signs, and then just decide from there. You know, if it's if it's too big, it's too big. Um, if not, they can match it. So and 
Yep. Well, Jared, I'm sorry. We've, feel- we've kept you so long here. Uh, did you did you find love at least? Oh, I would spend the rest of my life here if I could. But I have a family. I have mouths to feed. Real, real just quick. My own, actually, real quick. Final thought because we will we will lose our our base if we don't talk to you about this. Where what are your? Do you think that the beers man could possibly come to Boston, Stephen Adams? We could see the yeah. beers man in Boston. I mean, I, I see that it's kind of like the like the last resort scenario for them. Like they're going to try to use that cap space to acquire another star player, um, but if they could just trade for him and put his salary into that slot, as opposed to like overpaying for Terry Rogier, I think they would do it. If OKC is going to tag on some, you know, some first rounders too. this opportunity for both of them from, you know, taking advantage of getting somebody to really a part of their future, but there's real blood in the water with OKC and Danny is a shark and he's going to pounce on that if he needs to, if he can. All right. Well, that'll do it on this year edition of Root South extender. I want to thank uh, Jared Weiss of the athletic for joining us here jared give yourself a pat on the back you made it um you found love and now now you can do whatever whatever it is that you do uh you could listen to the rest of this episode which will feature the wrist man on here he's going to talk about uh, some of uh, the, the celtics newest editions so that'll be coming right up once again thanks to jared weiss for coming on and uh go go read all his stuff over at the athletic it's good shit I don't hoop no more. All I do is this. My boy right here. Other boy right there. It's all about the cook life. Yee! All I do is this. Cook life. Yee! I don't hoop no more. Cook life. Welcome to part two of this podcast. As promised, we are joined by the Riffs man. He's going to welcome in the Celtics new additions. Um, I got Sam Sheehan and my brother Jonathan here as well. Since we recorded part one, Jared found love. Uh, with Kemba Walker, and all signs are pointing to uh, Kemba Walker joining the Boston Celtics. We're not uh, we're not ready to announce it just yet, but um, all signs point to yes. Uh, we want to get the official wristman's take on Kemba Walker. Is is he cool enough? Yes. <laughs> Decidedly what? so. Yeah, I don't. I think his track record speaks for itself. He made that dude on Pittsburgh look like his legs just like split at the seams in the NCAA tournament. He uh, he 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 literally just hung out with Jason Tatum and Michael Jordan, and Tatum dad dicked Michael Jordan, and <laughs> stole his star from him, which is fucking some Uncle Dennis level power moves by Tatum. I get, because I get, because now we don't think about it. We think Uncle Dennis. We need an Uncle Dennis. No, Jason is Deuce's dad, so he can be our crazy family member who gets us things that we need. I I'm really on board with the Kemba Walker signing, specifically because it makes Brad Stevens think about personal failure every day when he comes into work. So anything that makes um, Stevens confront his own mortality maybe makes him hornier, more likely to fuck. Um, I'm, I'm all in on anything like that. I, I'm in on it also because we can up our grifting. Our uh, our free throw rate is going to have a really, really good shot at having like the biggest single season increase in NBA history. Between, <laughs> yeah. between Grant Williams, Kemba, Romeo Lankford, uh, and if we can get some like somebody like Ed Davis who just gets whacked as he gets every rebound, 
that would be just like one of the biggest turnarounds ever in terms of being able to scam the zebra. And we saw Jason Tatum learning the, the dark art um, over the course of the season. I, I think you're on to something here. Um, <laughs> we've argued in the past on this podcast that Kemba is not quite as good as Kyrie, but um, he, he, he does have several advantages over him. The grifting part you already mentioned. To, to our knowledge, he's not a flat earther. Um, he spent uh, three years in college, as we know. What what else what else excites you about Kemba Riffman? Well, he doesn't believe that mermaids are real, which is a huge get. <laughs> Has he said that? Top... <laughs> I guess no, we don't. Actually, I'm just I'm just hoping that he doesn't believe in mermaids at the moment. <laughs> Until he he definitively says that Ariel came out of the water to get it. Then, uh, he's very anti Ursula. Yeah, he's Ur- anti Ursula. He. Uh, <laughs> He, he doesn't believe in cryptids. Uh, he isn't making a free free agency decision based on the location of the New Jersey Devil, which he believes he's going to catch. <laughs> so, among those things, those are very good qualities. Jonathan, uh, you and I are both uh, UConn alums. Yeah, we were both there when UConn won the championship in 2011. Um, I take it you're pro-acquiring Kemba Walker. Is that a safe assumption? I mean, even if I didn't go to UConn, I think I'd be Sorry, you're breaking broke up. that guy. I mean, just coming in and not being a total douchebag, just compared to Kyrie Irving, that's just going to be amazing to watch. And um, should I should I go with my Kemba Walker story? Uh, Let's hear it. All right. So as impressive as Kemba is, flashback UConn, I'd say it was 2011. I was at a grimy, disgusting bar with my girlfriend at the time called Huskies. Oh, yeah. I went off to grab a drink. Uh, for my girlfriend and myself. When I come back, I see Kemba Walker talking to my girlfriend, asking her to dance. He, for some reason, says no. We break up shortly after. Uh, I don't know where she is now, but probably not doing great, not doing as well as if she was with Kemba Walker. But basically, Kemba Walker was rejected by my girlfriend at the time in a terrible, all-time shitty move by her. Man. That still doesn't give me trepidations because I know he's willing to take in this the big shots. So. Wasn't that big? Uh, <laughs> even the small shots. Either or. Small shots are good too. Brad is a process-oriented guy. Yeah. I I have to like I I've got to say that like the more I think about this, the more I'm just gonna enjoy like um, what will quickly become uh, Tommy Heinsohn comparing Kemba to Kyrie. Like, Tommy's going to get himself in trouble. I'm going to predict this at least once this year, saying something flat-out disrespectful about Kyrie mid-broadcast, comparing him to Kemba. Like, like t- Tommy was like, we forget that, like, Kemba, the first thing that happened with Kyrie when he came here was Tommy basically called him fat and out of shape, like, to his face. So I'm very excited to see what a... Like, uh, uh, Tommy Hudson, who's getting up there in age, is, uh, like, less and less, having less and less of a filter, is going to say, like, as far as comparing Kemba and Kyrie. This Kemba Walker guy, he's really great getting to the rack, and he isn't dyslexic. Well, I tell you, something I've, I've been seeing about Kemba, uh, it's very clear that his mother did not let him chew on lead-based windowsills. There was proper uh, lead oversight in the, in the homes. Tom, I uh, don't think you can say that. Langford in the hole for two. 
let me say, this Kemba guy, he's the first point guard we haven't had with mercury poisoning <laughs> since Tiny Archibald. <laughs> And you know what? I think Tiny did have mercury poisoning, which makes you know some of the numbers he put up even better. <laughs> Any final thoughts on, on Kemba before we move on to the draft? Anyone? I, I just hope we don't end up in a David West-type situation, so I'm just trying to post it into being. I'm just staying pure positivity. We've had too much negativity lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne Williamson helped me get my chakras aligned, and now everything's positive vibes. Lovely orbs. Yeah, um, she's uh, yeah, she's uh, the the one smart uh, white woman out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of um, post, posting stuff into existence, uh, we we had another uh, Riskman success uh, during the draft. I speak, of course, yeah, of, of, of Grant William uh, yeah. being selected with. I don't even know what pick. There was like the the Celtics draft was very confusing. Um, he was the twenty second. Twenty second. So our own pick. Got it. Got it. Um, how how'd you do it again, Riskman? I uh, I have a a program in which I tactically uh, assess the strongest and jackedest jacketest most jacked frames and Grant Williams during the combine tested in the 95th percentile, I believe, which is, which means he's basically like, uh, I don't know, fucking strong as Embiid or whatever, but he's the most jacked. He, uh, humiliates people with these blocks that he catches with his hands and basically using blood magic and the post, I was able to come to terms with it and get him. I, I think it was like literally like there. It was like in a Sam Vecini story that like not even like the draft, like even like the whatever that uh, L.A. like grift um, place that they have where they all go to train and all, all the dudes like weird uh, the uh, naked Fitbit reader or whatever the fuck it is. But like on all like current NBA like all NBA players in their database, he was like ninety six percentile in like post strength. So. And he's like a what six foot eight? Like he's not even like a seven footer or like. A no, he's six. He's six eight. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like if Jared Sullinger like stuck with his diet, he can pass. He can get and ones. Yes. Um, he knows what he's doing on the on the floor. Does he come into the league more valuable than Daniel Tice right away? Yeah. That's, yeah. So. I, I, he is. I, the guy I compare him to is late stage Boris Diaw, but not fat. Like he's just tactically jacked rather than tactically fluffy. So, <laughs> so and one of the things I'd say too is whoever plays for Rick Barnes in the NCAA's, as soon as I get to the N- NBA, they have like five to ten other valuable skills that he just chose them not to do because. <laughs> Because you can only describe them in terms that, like, President Rouhani would use, so. <laughs> um, all right, so welcome aboard, uh, Grant Williams. Um, I think he'll get some playing time this year, uh, just because he yeah. knows how to play, and those those dudes always come in and are, are ready to contribute year one. He's two-time, two-time yeah, SEC lot, player of the year. That's impressive. There's Not a lot of competition in that front court. So I, I have a feeling yeah. 
time. <laughs> That's right. If Time Lord, yeah, Time Lord's body is there. His brain is accepting more money from an unknown team at this point. Oh, Time Lord's <laughs> ready, baby. Time uh, Lord's, Time Lord's not starter. only is he. Not only is he ready, I'm ready to say he's earnestly better than Joel Embiid. <laughs> I, that's our I, that's our new bit. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm on record as saying this. I don't care what happens. I will die with that take. <laughs> he's better. <laughs> he's better than Joel Embiid, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, a little uh, a little tip for the readers. Sixers fans are usually like. Yeah, most of them are like pretty good spirited when it comes to jokes, but for for whatever reason, like they turn into like pitbull moms if the if you like bring up Joel Embiid or make fun of Joel Embiid. So that's the way to do it is to always make fun of Joel Embiid. They're still mad about the Greg Oden with Wi-Fi thing, so don't let that die. They're really they have a good. They hate their role players, which I admire. They just yeah. roast them. <laughs> They have a yeah. pretty good. They have a pretty good sense of humor about Simmons, so yeah. you know you have to go at Embiid because they just become incendiary at the thought of having <laughs> to defend them for many slander. Yeah, uh, it's just like they're just like I, he's like they're smart. So I guess I like kind of yeah. like in terms of how yeah. the fan base feels about it. So it's like if somebody's slandering sm- smart, where I just wake up three days later covered in blood. And I don't know like what happened. Somebody I mean, says that like he's. Until Philly wins a championship, the Fultz one lasts forever. I think Jason Tatum and Romeo Langford for Jonathan Simmons passed his prime. Was yeah. Con- <sighs> Ooh, Not great. Not I, I, I have to say, I love the Sixers front office. It's really smart when whenever you can have a draft where you just literally tell people who you're going to draft. <laughs> Danny Age literally just did a hostage situation with Matisse Thibault. Yeah, he, extorted, <laughs> he extorted them for Carson. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking funny that he just, like, like it seems like he didn't even want him. He just took him just to, just to be shitty. Like, yeah, I think they, just, they, they even wanted... Like, I well, think they even the wanted Brandon Clark, but they would rather fuck with the Sixers than have a better player. Is is like a very funny like thing that happened. No, I was mad about Clark at first because I thought I would have liked him at fourteen. Yeah, and we didn't do that. But as soon as I found out that we were like going out of our way to fuck with the Sixers, that's when I became so on board with the draft. No matter what happened, <laughs> just um, fucking ruining their ability to get real role players. Because they didn't just telegraph uh, Matisse; they had telegraphed Carson too. They were going to draft yeah. the thirty. Just an incredible moment in Sixers <laughs> fuck up history. I mean, that doesn't even reach the top ten. Of <laughs> three years. Elton Brand fucks up. He's infinitely better than their last GM. Yeah, unless, like, like Elton's gonna have to, like, get on Twitch and call, like, a Ben Jack. Simmons a baby-dicked coward or something <laughs> along those lines. Alright, y'all, let's get some likes going. Uh, if you think uh, Ben Simmons a giant pussy, get let's those see hearts the hearts in. <laughs> picturing Elton. Elton is just fucking streaming Overwatch and play Maining Diva and screaming about how uh, Ben Simmons is a pussy and he's not getting the, the max from him. It's just him and Joel playing in the room. <laughs> um, shout Sixers. Uh, well, well done trading for Jimmy Butler, who's now apparently going to go to Houston. Um, you hate to see it. Box. Yeah, one of the one of the all time Jerry West moves is if he traded for Shamit in that Miami pick, 
And then yeah. Tobias went right back to LA. <laughs> Landry Shamit, like, seriously might be, like, the what, the third or second best rookie from last year's class, like, based yeah. on last year, right? Like, they just fucking fleeced him for it. Like, he was personally responsible for two of the games they took off the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they no. definitely did, They definitely did not need that in that series against Toronto. No. <laughs> no they, they turned him immediately into, like, a shooting guard. And put him in the the uh, JJ Redick uh, training um, simulation, and then sent him off. Well, the JJ Redick simulation, do you mean uh, Human Trafficker sixty four? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, it's, uh, <laughs> watching God. season one of Homeland is is, uh, is, is the JJ Redick. <laughs> Um, we have to move uh, on. The, the producers uh, are putting a gun to my head. Um, don't tell JJ though. Um, all right, uh, we won't do anything about it. That's right. We'll um, just talk about it on his podcast. <laughs> yeah, he said he called like the FBI immediately. That was a total lie. <laughs> In his defense, he didn't know he was being recorded when he talked about it. <laughs> Listen, J.J. Reddick, like Donald Trump, has never called the FBI. <laughs> um, so Grant Williams is jacked. Uh, Danny Ainge uh, also drafted uh, Romeo Langford, who's jacked Bord- as well. Or borderline He's jacked. cool. Yeah, it was Danny- high as hell at the draft, <laughs> which rocks. Um, Riffsman, um, what's your Romeo Langford take? I like it. He's he's good at drawing fouls. Uh, I guess his like his thumb was like welded on for the season, so he should be better than like a two percent three point shooter, which he was last year. And uh, he has great Kawhi potential in terms of he just like doesn't want to talk to you, but we're gonna find out that like he eats pumpkins whole, <laughs> and like that was a huge part of his like path to becoming a champion. I love that. I love all these things about like Grant Williams sort of like being the facilitator and like asking him to like play board games and like to just texting like all of the uh, like Romeo Langford and everybody, everybody else like uh, like very earnestly engaging with it. And I hope that they bring Time Lord in on this because poor Time Lord had to go through being like the only rookie in like a tremendously unfun year. <laughs> just like being a toddler with your parents getting divorced in the next room. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Timeler's going to be like a middle child, like where he realizes the first what, like the older kid just went to college, and now he's just going to like get really, really high off the power of making people like carry all of his belongings up <laughs> a tower. <laughs> oh. By the way, shout out to uh, third third season of Summer League Yabu. I can't wait for it. Do the third time is the charm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would rock if Yabu just got like crazy, good, like just turned into Pascal Siakam 2.0 this year. <laughs> yeah, he just starts bodying people with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he just turns into like six foot eight Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that as a compliment, by the way. Like he just Wait, so wasn't. Does Emmy summer league? No, they didn't send him. They're not going to. I don't think. No. Yeah, I think up. I think he would have killed Brad if they made him do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulled him apart limb by limb. He would have thrown Brad's son to the moon. <laughs> Marcus Morris would hear him slamming Brad's head in the weight room after. 
Shemmy man. God damn. <laughs> I One of the greatest I, quotes. Yeah. I, I love I love I would love if Chevy like if if Marcus Morris leaves this offseason if Chevy just totally like internalizes it and sort of there's like a freaky Friday thing happens where Chevy like Marcus Morris just suddenly finds God and is like very religious on his new team and then just Chevy is like in the parking lot like killing whoever like uh, like fouled Romeo Langford too hard in game last game. He just <laughs> becomes just a, a whiskey swilling fucking scoundrel who <laughs> Sam, it's pretty funny that you chose uh, Freaky Friday over trading places for that one. <laughs> 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 Seem like a Lindsay Lohan guy. Yeah, I am. I, I really am. I hope she gets back, man. She deserves it. Comeback um, season, just like Mello. This is the year that Lindsay Lohan and Mello make the comeback. <laughs> By the way, I'm hearing from my sources. Uh, K- KD and Kyrie to the Nets is done. Really? That's my that's my uh, NBA reporting for my yeah. my people near the Nets around here. So they claim it's done. So. Kyrie is ready to go to his home planet. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they're gonna love it. This is almost—it's not quite as good as them being on the Knicks, but will be somehow funnier when this, like, when they are just screaming at—I don't know—Stephen Bondi or something in the locker room, and like, it's just like detonating the rest of like the, the the Nets. Like, like Kenny Atkinson doesn't know what to do. It's gonna be very fun. To, like, it's gonna be Nets team. Dude, I really hope it's just, like, a, a, a chemical toilet explosion, and then, like, Kemba and Jalen and Jason are taking Yabaselli to a pudding buffet just to, like, <laughs> foster team camaraderie. I'm very excited for this season. Um, uh, all right. Uh, else in the draft, uh, another Jack point guard who, as far as I'm concerned, played only one game um, in his entire NCAA career. Uh, it's Carson Edwards. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about the Virginia game where he scored 40 points. He's got range. He can shoot it. Um, he can <laughs> – he's very willing to shoot it. Uh, what's what's the official wristband take? Uh, uh, I, think, I, I think 2017-18 was a better uh, look at him from a decision-making mm-hmm. standpoint. Last year, I think he was – he had kind of a huge load to carry. Like, shooting 10 threes a, a night is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. that – that takes like serious, serious stamina, and didn't really have a, a whole lot in the way of like scoring help. But I think he can be a lot better with uh, passing out of pick and rolls. But his shooting is the real deal. Plus, he's just he he's got a great demeanor, is what I'm picking up from him. He's got good energies. Kyrie w- wanted to have good energies, but Grant has the good energies. Mm. Um, Tremont Waters. Uh, was selected with the 40-somethingth pick or 50? I don't even know. Um, 51st, 53rd, anyone got take? Like anyone got a take on him? From New Haven. All right. He uh, went to a Chinese restaurant to get chicken wings and french fries, which is cool. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't? Um, and then, of course, um, the tallest man in the world, Taco Fall. Uh, it. it I mean, it's obviously extremely cool having a literal giant on uh, the team uh, who can dunk without uh, even jumping. Um, and why can't he be the best defensive player in the world? Why can't he be? Someone give me a reason. Bigs can shoot threes. Uh, well, <laughs> all right, good point. 
<laughs> well, he's going to be great against Philly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like putting a ladder in the middle of the paint. <laughs> Nobody's gonna shoot. Wait, can we? What the fuck is Philly gonna do when both their guys leave? By the way, are they gonna have? They're like they're gonna lose to the Celtics, is what? I'm pretty shocked that like we basically had a worst case scenario for this offseason, and we still might have a better offseason than than what's happening to the Sixers somehow. I don't know how that happened. Like they were ostensibly probably the second closest team to the title this year. And still are somehow having a worse offseason than the Celtics, which fucking rocks. A lot of people got on Danny for squandering assets, but the other side of it is you can survive disasters like Kyrie, like joining uh, fucking a cult or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) disappearing. There's like a 90% chance that like um, Kyrie's going to get like suspended from the league for like, I don't know, staging a walk in at the park slope co-op. Like this year, I'm excited to like maybe see Kyrie around at like uh, some of like these uh, the more like uh, art arty functions that are actually like put on by like corporations, like a uh, uh, like sort of like the morning raves, like or, or other useless dumb bullshit like that. Like I, I want to go there and see if I can like find Kyrie. You might see him in his Instagram model fluoride truth or girlfriend riding on bicycles with no brakes on them. Then he'll tell you how he's not that cool. <laughs> I, I do want to like I do want to like I, I like I know we're bad at Kyrie and kind of like disappointed in him and like taking shots, but it was fucking awesome to hear like Windhorst explaining Kyrie's Instagram story on the low post. And Incredible. Then, and then and then like saying it. Like, he's, like, describing it like like he's, I don't know, like, he's sort of, like, uh, uh, just seeing the Hindenburg happen in, in like, <laughs> real time. And he's, like, he's like he kissed his girlfriend. He's just, he's in the woods. He's, he's in Japan. And I just, I can't see how any team would look at that and want him in their locker room. And he's just, he like, describing, like, uh, an Instagram story. He's just like, he's he's just like furious at uh fucking Kyrie for posting a quote from like Chairman Mao while there's a hockey film getting recorded in back of him in like the Japanese suicide forest. It's, it's like it's like him and Logan Paul out. He's doing the, the reverse Logan Paul, where he's trying to do CPR on the corpses no, that he finds instead of it's the, instead of recording it's, them. It's the it's the conception for <laughs> everybody's fucking everywhere. <laughs> We're just people in the trees, just like fucking gawking each other. So this is the, actually the, the second. No joke. This is actually the second Logan Paul. Suicide Forest reference on the same podcast. Jared Weiss brought up the exact same thing. Um, it's an incredible coincidence, but obviously um, the Kyrie effect has invaded this podcast. Um, well, I, it's also, I don't know. I, I think it's also cool when you go to the Conception Forest and, you know, it's like when you're walking around in the spring and you smell those trees that smell like cum, except this one is actually literally cum in the trees. He's gonna be he's gonna be fat mad when he finds out there's the flower that so, smells like carcasses that blooms like once every two years. He might literally like force a trade over it. 
go play in China to find the the for the, the the corpse for uh, flower. Um, last thing on Taco Fall. Um, his name is Taco Fall, which is an amazing name for anyone, but especially for um, the tallest player in the NBA. Just want to point that out. Um, last but not least, uh, the latest addition to the Celtics is Kara Lawson. Um, Ooh, great hire. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tennessee grad and uh, Wizards analyst. I'm ready for I'm ready for her to be like sort of the shadow leader, like uh, it, uh, sort of pulling Brad's Brad strings. It would rock to have her actually like talk to the players and Brad go do stuff like I don't know jerk off in the corner or whatever Brad does these days. Did you hear the stuff about Brad not talking to people and how it was definitely from Courtney? Lee? <laughs> no, wait, what? <laughs> no, he's there was a a single agent that that communicative about what they needed to do to get their role back. And like the second I heard that, I was like, oh, it's Courtney Lee, and it's because he wouldn't stay in bounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck it also might just be Terry again by the way shout out to Terry Rozier future Nick this is the greatest timeline this is get the that timeline. bag yeah. get that bag honey yeah. go and get Back it Dennis Smith Jr <laughs> Terry no, no Dennis Smith Jr is backing up T-Row T-Row's there to win this is a quote from uh, New York Post the Knicks don't see Rozier as a big drop off from Kyrie Irving. Woo! I mean, I, I need did. to get one of those shirts that says just like Tiro and RJ and then <laughs> like whoever and then their center who's all right. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, a Trier. Uh, I love that Knicks fans after drafting RJ Barrett, who ostensibly will be like a worse Dion Waiters. Um, are all like are posting things like if you weren't with the team for this and it's like pictures of like five of their starters from last year don't come back for this and it's like the same guys at RJ Barrett <laughs> they rule it's like if, if you weren't with me for my Alonzo Trier you don't deserve to be with me for my Rodney Hood with a lazy eye <laughs> like um <laughs> Uh, it's it's been a while, Wristman, since we've we've had you uh, on the podcast last. Uh, since you've launched uh, uh, your Patreon, um, it, hell yeah, dude! It's been glorious. It's going well. Yeah, it's going well. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Please take my money. Um, yeah, and, uh, uh, and reinvest quick, it in. <laughs> in a quick, a quick natural plug. It's like in directly involved in like four of the hardest times I've laughed in the past two months is. Reading the Riffs Fan Patreon, so definitely go subscribe right now. It's and extremely you, good shit. Even if you can't subscribe and just wanted to read some of this stuff, I keep it basically open posts, but if you wanted to subscribe and throw a couple bucks my way, that's cool too. But anybody who wants to read it, it's that it's uh, Riffs Man NBA, Patreon slash Riffs Man NBA. Um, do you want to take a little victory lap for um, you know your, your Uncle Dennis thesis? Uncle Dennis is a world champion. Uncle Dennis is smarter and better than Greg Popovich. Uncle Dennis knows how to build a team better than Masai Ujiri. He is the champion, and it's Apple time, baby.
I also want to. I also like want to ask you while we got you here, Ruthman. Do you how much potential do you see in John Morant's dad, Ronnie Morant? Ronnie Morant is like the number one guy on my dad big board right now. <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. Is it true that they fought? Is that like a real yeah, he said, sort of... yeah, yeah. He said that. Uh, he said, "I embrace negativity. I love it when people hate on me. My dad was my first hater." <laughs> And then he showed up to it looking like Charlie Murphy in like, the player haters ball. <laughs> that's that's incredible. That's like a drill tweet. I embrace the haters. My father was my first hater. It was like the, I mean he like there's such potential of dads on the Memphis Grizzlies right now because also Jaron Jackson's dad was the, like a hard ass in the NBA and is just crazy on defense. <laughs> so it's going to be the most explosive dad combo in the league. Hell yeah. We got the, the hockey dads, but uh, the Grizzlies have like that big hockey dad energy and I'm here for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this concludes another uh, very normal episode of the ATO <laughs> show here. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed uh, Weird Celtics Tinder and uh, the wrist man uh, serenading uh, the, the Celtics new additions. Um, this, this upcoming season will be fun, and we'll be here for most mostly every week. Uh, for this 69 and 13, you heard it here first. Oh, fuck yeah. That, um, that outrageous. It's going to happen. ATO Show Season 2, coming right up. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> What's the typical time frame? Everybody gets an hour. What's the price tag? All my haircuts are 35 bucks. This is a relaxing time. The relationship that Gordon and I have built uh, is good.